This year, we feel very comfortable going into the draft. I think a lot of things that we did in free agency really helped us an awful lot. Martin and, and the personnel group really came to us with a lot of positive players to look at. We were able to choose several guys that we feel very strongly about. We took a couple starters from other teams and put them on our roster, and, and we feel like we did some good things. You know, you got to have a, a deep team and a balanced team across the board. So we did some things in free agency that we think will be very beneficial going into our draft, and um, I feel like we have the ability to go anywhere in this draft. Well, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew ready for the NFL draft, as are we on the D.C. Sports Subtle, as we welcome you to another episode. I am Rob Woodfork. I have my hair slipped back like Mel Kuyper Jr., GM George Wallace on hand, who will definitely stay for the entire episode, Mm -hmm. and Dave Fressen is sizing up which NFL draft prospect is most likely to bear hug the commissioner in round one. I like that. By the way, this you're not Mel Kiber. Look at these papers he's got here. I've oh, got man. a few. I've got a few. He's doing all our homework for us. We try. Uh, he's more we of a try. Todd McShay type, actually, though. He actually cool is. Thing, cool <laughs> thing that's going to drop Tuesday morning. So if uh, you're checking this out, I actually went back uh, through uh, NFL draft history with Washington and guys they've picked at each of the spots, 16, 47, 97, 118, all the way to 233. Jerry Smith on the Ring of oh, Honor oh, at yeah. FedEx oh. Field. He was... I think picked uh, with the 97th overall selection in 1965. So that. there is value deep in the draft mm-hmm. for those who are curious. But it's it's That's a cool a thing that name. we do. That's a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. thing we do every year, and the picks change for the most part. So I have to do deep dives, and uh, this year's crop is just as interesting. There was one dude that uh, Washington got with the 16th pick in 1937. Never played it down in D.C., but founded his own construction company. Hey, how about that? Yeah. All right, Dave Preston already skipping ahead to the part Sorry. where we start plugging stuff. So uh, what we're going to do in this episode, though, in uh, definitely check out Dave's uh, deep dive on WTOP.com on Tuesday. I will also have my annual blueprint for what Washington should do and uh, maybe will do with their picks. What do so I get to do? You get to be on this podcast and you get to answer the first question. And that is, <laughs> should Washington trade up or down from 16? They have establish this trend where they are trading back and multiplying their picks. Mm -hmm. They go in with eight selections already, so it's not really a must that you have to trade back and multiply picks, but that's something that Ron Rivera has done. Yes. All right. Wow, you're done. That is the kind of... (laughs) They don't call them the best analysts. I would would trade... Let me answer your question. Yes, I, I do... Look, last week, sitting there listening to Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera tell you absolutely nothing... In these pre-draft press conferences, <laughs> you don't believe anything anybody says until Thursday night, right? right That's accurate. Right. Until the picks until in, the exactly. Picks in. Right. But I do think they did address some offensive line issues, and that's always number one for me in all seriousness, offensive line. They did address some of that in free agency. Yeah. I would like to see him go tight end, maybe corner, but I do think if you can get two picks for that 16th and trade back, yes, I would do it. If nothing jumps out at you at 16. 16 is like that, you know, it's no man's land. It is, and that's what happens when you go nine, seven and nine, mm-hmm. and nine and seven, and you yeah. run it back, and you just, eight, eight and one, and whatever, yeah. two, eight, two, three ties, whatever. <laughs> but that's what happens. So I think unless you're going to package something for a quarterback, I know their Sam Howell thing is real, but if you know, I'm still not convinced on that. By the way. I'm not convinced on that just because yeah. I can't believe that an NFL coach is that comfortable with being mediocre. Yeah. Unless something jumps out and you could package something there for a quarterback somehow, some way. Yeah. But I do think, if you're asking me to put it down right now, I don't think they selected 16. Yeah. 
I, I I think they try to trade down. The question is, do you have a taker? And yeah. uh, you know, you hope that somebody out there is desperate enough for somebody who slides down the draft who they might want to select. I think it's wise for this team to trade down because the it's quality out of quantity. If you have more picks, yes, they've got eight selections, but four are after pick 125. Yeah. When you might find a Stephen Davis in the sixth round, but you might also find some guys who never play a down in the league. So if you you want to get guys in the top 125, and if they're able to get maybe another second or maybe another third rounder, then they can continue to build this 53-man roster because it's not a great roster. And there's always, with the way that free agency is structured now, you don't keep those guys after you develop them. Yeah. You're constantly losing third and fourth and even fifth-year guys that you've developed. So you need to constantly replenish your 53-man roster. You're too deep. I would rather them trade down from 16. I would rather have them not have a first-round pick yeah. because you get more value, I think, from second-rounders than you do from first-rounders. There's there's a sense of entitlement with a lot of first-rounders who think, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a first-round first pick. pick. Right. But second-rounders are often guys who slid down to the second round who want to prove that they belong in the first round, and you'll get more bang for your buck there. Well, what, did they, what did they do? Um, was it Montez when they traded? Yeah. Jay traded back? Right. Yeah. That, that was perfect. Yeah. Or if they trade, and then they ended up with two first rounders that year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So if you could do something like that, if nobody jumps out, that's a game right. changer at sixteen. Fine. The only name that people like to that seem to be a popular name, if you're going to go, because look, tight end, offensive line, tight end for me, along and cornerback too, but the Dalton Kincaid from Utah, mm. the yeah. tight end, that would yes. be a name that I see a lot that they kind of like there at sixteen. If that were, but I mean, is that a guy that you? You give up multiple picks as a possibility for a trade to take? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I feel like he might still be available if you trade it back. If you trade it back to the most mocked player to Washington, I is like curious that name. To me. I yeah. like that name. The most yeah. mocked player because most, yeah, is he yeah, sitting does, in this room? Because yeah, we'll be mocking him <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. is the player yeah, that yeah. a lot I've of people that. Yeah. want. Or, or, or not want, but are putting the cornerback yeah. at mm. Washington at 16. Mm-hmm. I don't see how yeah. that is because they just had um, William Jackson the III, third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a man corner, right? Yeah. Just, just straight up man corner. Right. What is Joey Porter Jr.? Right. He's a man corner. So Press why would you? Yeah. yeah. So why would you then spend a first round pick on somebody? That is uh, sort of a carbon copy, not a carbon copy, but you know, similar in style to what you had in William and, Jackson. And right you now you've get got out of there Fuller, fast enough. Benjamin St. Juice, Fuller, and right. Danny Johnson. Now, number one, I don't feel like they have to have to have to take a corner mm. in the first round. There are some other needs. They that should are address equal. it though. At some they point, they should right. absolutely yeah. address it, yeah. and I think you can later in the draft. I'm going to throw out a name, and I want to see how Dave Preston reacts to this. Joey Porter Jr., if it's between him and Maryland's Deontay Banks mm. at 16, mm-hmm. I'm taking Banks. I do like Banks. Yeah. Right? I like Banks, yes. Better athlete, I, I agree better tackler. I agree. And he had the third lowest completion percentage allowed in the Big Ten last year at 39%. And that's going up against the likes of Penn State and yeah. Michigan yep. and Ohio State. Exactly. Uh, I think I, I like that as a pick. Uh, I think that you know, we've talked about needs here and there. You know, George has addressed uh, offensive line, tight end, and uh, corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have three picks in the in the first 100 selections, and that's when you're really it's you you can hit on fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders and seventh rounders here and there. But if you don't hit 
on your first one on picks in the first 100 that is what destroys a franchise. We think of Vinny Serrato with the three wide receiver, the three receivers <laughs> oh he God. took in 2008 and how that can you w- name him? Uh, gosh, um, Fred Davis, <laughs> yep. the tight end. Yep. Uh, there's Devin, Malcolm Kelly, Malcolm Kelly, Kelly and, uh, and was it Devin Thomas. Devin yeah. Thomas. 11, and number 11, 12. Remember they went, yeah. One guy was hurt all the time. Another yeah. guy was just ineffective, and the other guy couldn't wake up on time. Right, and, and then the other guy was a rapper. He, yeah. he went into music. <laughs> and that, I mean, and that, they could have had D-Jax in that yeah. same round, same draft. And and and, not, and they could have, and that, that right? was the yeah. next year they had major issues on the offensive line, and there were yeah. so many offensive linemen available in the 20s and 30, yeah. you know, in, in that in those slots. The one guy couldn't wake up. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> so That's Fred Davis for those keeping track at Sleep, home. Sleepy Fred. Sleepy, yeah. I, so I think and it might they might go O line in the first round, mm-hmm. might go tight end in the second, corner in the third, or reverse. But I think you need to address each of those positions in the first three rounds. Here's one name that I'm I'm sprinting to the podium with this card if he's on the board at 16, and that is Brian Branch, the uh, hybrid corner safety out of Alabama. That's a dude who uh, has. He's the not going to be there, is he? I, I don't think so. But if he is, because you might have a run on quarterbacks up mm. toward the top, mm-hmm. you know, uh, defensive line. So that could push down some players that could be high on their list. And that could be something if he falls and it's, you know, at 12 or 13, he still doesn't go, then they maybe jump there. Jump up if it's that If it's that close. Not yeah. saying you're going to top five to get the guy, but yeah. it could be that you know they could do that. Yeah, and he's compared to Minka Fitzpatrick. So I hey. mean, if you, if you, to yeah, get a player like something. that on that defense with yeah. that defensive line, I mean that's uh, and they that's love Alabama. That they do love Alabama, and we're going to get to that in a minute because I got them taking some guys from Alabama <laughs> in this draft. So uh, George Wallace, if you're picking it at 16, who's your selection? I'm trading it. You're going to trade I, back, honestly. Yeah, I am. But I, who to to get who though? In the oh, first if you're going to maybe pick at 16, I'm going tight end over over okay. over Joey so Porter. Dalton I'm Kincaid going Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Okay. I know he hurt his he had a little back injury, right. but I think he's okay. I haven't asked him, but I think he's okay. Oh, it's, you, you've, you've not <laughs> talked to him? But do you not like that select? You don't no, want I like that. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. comp is Zach Ertz. I mean, think right. about a Zach Ertz yeah. kind of guy in this offense, yeah. uh, especially now, and it does bear pointing out that everything that we're assessing here, the lens changes a bit because you have Eric Bieniemy here mm-hmm. and not Scott Turner. Right. So in this offense, uh, Dalton Kincaid, I mean, if you can get yourself the uh, the next Travis yeah. Kelsey – I mean, to go with that compliment of wide receiver, they would oh, hopefully man. and hopefully the quarterback, whoever the quarterback yeah. is, it almost I'm makes the go quarterback now. better. I like Kincaid, but I'll if they, <laughs> I like Kincaid, but if they can't get him, I'm going to want to go offensive line. If uh, Peter Skaronsky of Northwestern's available, there's also uh, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Give me a, a, a Big Ten offensive lineman yes. who can help keep my quarterback upright because the offensive line is the stake to your dinner. Your offensive dinner. And you can have great sides. Burgundy and Gold have had fantastic wide receivers and skill position guys. But a bad offensive line really destroys what you can do offensively, especially with a young quarterback. They need to keep Sam Howell upright or they need to whomever, whoever is, whoever winds up starting the bulk of the games this season. And we've had multiple players start multiple games the last couple of years for this team since Kirk Cousins left town. So I think you need to keep your quarterback upright, and you can always add offensive line depth. I think one of last year's shortcomings was the fact that the the offensive line, I don't know what sort of thought there was into putting together a unit last season. What offensive lineman you like? 
I that, like Peter Skaronsky if he's available. So, right. he's, yeah. I, I have a hard time seeing him there at 16. You might have to trade up okay. to get him. Well, I mean, he it, might be it, the best offensive lineman in the draft. If if he drops, and I think yeah. I'm confident, in, the, the one reason for confidence that he might drop is that you see quarterbacks taken far above their skill level of course. in in the draft. Where guys, even I, I go back to, I think Jim Harbaugh was the first dude. I'm like, really? He's... He was not a first-rounder, but he got picked in the first round. Yeah. And we see that early and often. We, we see, uh, you know, who is it, uh, Mitch Trubisky. You know, we, we saw the Bears move heaven and earth to get a very mediocre quarterback yeah. who just Without the experience. Bill. Exactly. So I think I think there's going to be a couple quarterbacks who get taken early, and maybe Skaronsky slips uh, down. If not, I like, the, I like Paris Johnson as an option for this team. Okay. Okay. Um. I think both of those guys are going to be off the board when okay. Washington, unless they trade up, and I don't Fair think enough. that they will. Um, two guys, and I agree with you, offensive line, that is probably the yeah. best direction to go because of uh, uh, how much work they have to do there. Uh, Darnell Wright is a guy I've seen mocked to them quite a bit. Uh, big right tackle, that would be a nice uh, fit for them. Um, in terms of value, I don't. I mean, that kind of feels like where right. he should go. Yeah. Um, Osiris Torrance is an interesting name. Washington used one of its top 30 visits on him, which okay. I found interesting because he has a profile that's sort of size over athleticism, which feels more like a Scott Turner offensive fit as right. opposed to what Eric Bieniemy figures to bring in because, I mean, they had some more athleticism, I think, on that Kansas City offensive line than – you know, maybe Torrance yeah. uh, provides, but in terms of just, you know, in terms of his tape, in terms of who he is, that would be a, a, an interesting fit for Washington there. Burgundy and Gold ranked 25th, tied for 25th in sacks allowed last yeah. season. Big yeah. reason why they didn't make the playoffs right there. Offensive line has to be. Uh, now, <laughs> what about this? And I actually, uh, and I'm actually going to have this in my draft blueprint. What about Bijan Robinson? Ugh. Yeah, I know conventional wisdom yeah. says don't take a running back in the no. first round, but if this guy is Ladanian Tomlinson 2.0. Right. Well, the thing is, Ladanian Tomlinson. And in, that was a different era. He, yes, exactly. Yes. Even even 20 years. That yeah. it, It's amazing how yeah. the running back position and, and its importance in the offense has changed. And even then, the importance had changed from 20 years prior yeah. where you really needed a, a a back who could carry the ball 250 to 300 times a season if you didn't have him you yeah. were really host offensively yeah. that's not, i think you can patch work with a couple of guys you know in the third fourth fifth round the case for him right would be you take him in dallas can't you don't have Fair to face enough. him twice a right. year and also if he's a generational and he is being hailed as a generational talent you have yourself another game changer on an offense where they've got some good players, right. but they don't have any game changers. So if you take Bijan Robinson, mm. that makes things very interesting. Now, of course, the case against it is the common sense uh, that Ron Rivera doesn't do running backs. Right. I mean, he did take um, McCaffrey in uh, Carolina, so I think that leaves that possibility open. But he's a guy that has said publicly, I like having a one-two punch at running back, sort of the proverbial, uh, what is it, uh, thunder and lightning or whatever yeah. uh, phrase that they, that they use. A little bit of rain, too. Yeah, a little in, bit. Throw yeah. in there. Earth, wind, and fire, what else? 
So do you remember? I think, uh, yeah, I do remember. I do remember the last time Washington took a running back in the first <laughs> round. Actually, I don't because that was a that was a long time ago. But you got to read Dave Preston's thing to know the answer to that. Tell us. So no, I don't because oh. I don't know. I was throwing it on Dave. Oh no, that's no. It was just doing the. Do you remember from Earth, Wind, Fire? Oh yeah. yeah. Try to a, keep up, man. You I just leave. got back. That's what I'm saying. You leave in the Welcome middle of the podcast. Welcome back, George. Come back. So Bijan Robinson, would you roll that dice? Ah, uh, man. You guys are real tepid on a generational I talent. Man. I wouldn't because by drafting where, where him, you're neglecting him? the offensive no, line. And you know, he'd be running behind a pedestrian line with that that has a lot of issues. Yeah. That's 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 why I would not To be clear, it. I'm not advocating for it, but right. I would you happy it out. with last year's selection? Brian Robinson? Uh Brian Robinson was good. First of all, you would have two guys playing the same position, B Robinson. So that'd be confusing. Cue the confusion. I thought you had Robinson. No, you. Oh, God, it's the same guy. That's the perfect. Defenses would not know what to do. They would not. Although, sidebar, I don't think they put the first initial on the back of jerseys anymore. They just figure. If you even if, if you, you have the same. To. They do. Well, if you have the same last name, you, just say you have a different number. Well, You're not Rob, have Brian name. Robinson's a junior, so. Yeah. yeah. They used to do what Jack and Jim Youngblood, I think, both played for the Rams yeah, at the same time, J-A. and they had to spell. They spelled out their names. <laughs> Pretty cool. Oh, Super Seventy Sports in effect. He Love is a generational that. talent. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like conventional wisdom. Yeah, fine. You don't take a running back. But if that you believe high. in the best but, player on the board, and that's what I'm saying that 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 puts the best player available yeah. theory to the test. Correct. Because he's going to be the best player on your board. At that but point, if you yeah. don't take him, anybody who doesn't take him, for the most part, is deciding, I don't need a running back, yeah. so I'm going to take somebody who's a lesser talent in order to fill a specific right. need. So, um, it, it, And it doesn't help that this Washington team has, has some real needs that they, you know, yeah. it's not like they yeah, have the luxury, luxury of selecting yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. So another choice would be Hendon Hooker. That's another guy that they used mm. a top 30 visit on. And Ron Rivera was asked point blank during that press conference, why talk to him if you're so high on Sam Howell? And he was just like, because you never know. I mean, situations, circumstances may dictate something else, but we feel very comfortable with the guys we have. I mean, if you think about it, we have a young guy in Sam that coming out at one point was rated very high. We were fortunate, we believe, to get him where we got him. Jacoby Brissett coming off of, you know, arguably one of his better years as a player. And, and, and it's one of those things that's funny because typically a lot of times you get veteran quarterbacks that's, you know, they're coming off of tough times. So we feel good about what we did there as well, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm so, wary about having two young quarterbacks in the room. If you bring him in, you almost have to part ways with Sam Howell, I would think, because you I can't have, you have a second. part it's, ways. It's, just, it, it's going to make for a very sticky yeah. quarterback room with – a second-year guy and yeah. a rookie that you take in the first round. Right. Yeah. It's here's the uh, thing. I think there's no chance they take him in the first round. Right. But if Hendon Hooker slides down to the third round, now you're testing that best player available situation again. And I think they would take him in the third round. I mean, it was kind of the same thing as how they keep talking about how high a grade they had on him. We thought he was a first-round talent. Correct. Blah blah blah. Right. We took him in the fifth round. If Hendon Hooker has a similar slide, I don't think he'll last to the fifth round. But I mean, if he slides, he goes into the second or if he goes into the third. If he goes into the third or fourth, now you have a decision to make, and you can say, "Well, we just, you know, the value was there, and uh, we wanted to bring him in to compete." My thing is this, and this is going to segue, and this is going to segue me to um, sort of the next thing, the bold prediction for Washington's draft. 
I don't think they're going to take a quarterback at all in any round because I really do think that they mean it when they say it and whether they should or not, Sam Howell is, we like him. We like our quarterback room as it stands. They do need a sort of a third developmental guy, but Jake Fromm is a guy that apparently they're high on and everybody has forgotten is even on the roster. He's like a good neighbor. Jake Fromm is there. There you go. So I don't think they're going to take a quarterback in this draft. Hendon Hooker, maybe, if he slides way down, but I don't think he's going to slide down far enough for them to take him. And also Malik Cunningham is another guy that Mm. they were kind of sniffing around a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's going to last long enough to the spot where they would feel compelled to take him. Hooker is, I was trying to remember this because when he tore his ACL, it was late. This is, I don't remember when. It says late last year, late right. in 2022. Yeah. He's also 25. But they like that. I know. Because here's the thing. Here's another Here's another sort of trend in what, I don't want to call Bannon it a shift. went to his pro day. I don't want to sh- say it's a shift in philosophy, but Ron Rivera in this last draft, He's been less prone to take guys who require more seasoning. He wants guys who have a right. lot of experience. He wants guys who are able to come in and play right away because he knows he the needs, job's on the line. He needs to he win. Knows, he, this he, is he, a big exactly. Year. It's a whole nother so thing. So this whole you know five-year building plan, that's not a thing for you. And sidebar, you're going into year four. So you yeah. start need to see some need to see some return on investment by then anyway. So yeah. I think he's, it's a whole he's nother, not going yeah. for young mm-hmm. developmental guys. So with a Hendon Hooker, him being 25, his level of experience merits yeah. him being taken. The injury thing will work itself games. out. 40, does that discourage you, 49 college games? 49? Oh, I mean, that, that helps, if anything. Yeah. Because the problem is when you take a guy who hasn't started enough. Right. Yeah. You know? And so that's probably why they didn't, I didn't take dis- – What am I saying? I didn't mean discourage. Like if your age – does your age discourage you as opposed to the – 49 games. 49 games is encouraging, is what I meant to say. No, and one of these quarterbacks, one of these quarterbacks, uh, and it might have been Hooker, who said, if anything, the age helps because there is more seasoning, there is more experience. And also, quarterbacks, nobody says, oh, this quarterback turned 30, he's too old. Yeah. Guys are playing into their 40s Mm -hmm. and playing well into their 40s. So it's a different age in terms of the protections for the quarterback. So a guy being 25, I mean, he he could still have a 15 year career for you. If yeah. all goes well. True. So do you have a bold prediction for the draft, Dave Preston? Oh, I, I would say, I mean, outside of them maybe trading down or something along those lines. That I, is not bold. That That's not bold. Okay. <laughs> well, gosh. Um, I see them. Taking a punter. Yeah. You, no, you, just kidding. You, you always got that going no, on. Tressway is the, no, Tressway is their best player is a punter. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see them doing anything, you know, out, out of the normal. Yeah. yeah. I, I see them having. I could see multiple a, trades. Yeah. I could see multiple trades with this with them. I see yeah. them having a very bland draft yeah. where it's like, oh, they took him. Like nothing that's like earth shattering. Nothing that's going to excite the yeah. folks. At nothing that's going to be really. Oh my goodness! Yeah. All right, draft well, draft you, wide then, since Washington's boring as hell. And yeah. if you notice cover. the uh, the draft party is not at FedEx anymore because nobody wants to go there. No, it's at MGM. But you know they usually bring the first round pick or whatever. I don't think you're going to see a. Nobody's going to get really excited to go out and see their first selection. Which is going to be at number again, 62. 16, it's like, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they traded back so far, they don't mm. take it to the th- What's third a bold prediction for the draft? Quarterback's going to go one, two, three? Yeah, I think I think that's, yeah, that, that'd be something. That'd yeah. be a prediction. I mean, that'd be a... I would, yeah. I back that. I, okay. I, th- I think we. I think we have a ton of quarterbacks taken. Yeah. I, th- I think there's going to be a surprise. I think Hendon Hooker goes in the first round. Okay. Uh, I can I, see him going to Minnesota. Yeah, I, I, I see. Where's Minnesota pick? 
They're after Washington. After, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're, I want to say like That would be very interesting if, because Biennemi likes him. I've seen that. Yeah. Biennemi's not, he doesn't know anything about Sam Howell. I mean, no. Jacoby Brissett, obviously, Bisley, but right. if if he's there at 16, that'd be very interesting if they if they pull the trigger on him. Then what do you do? Then what? Then what's your plan going into all the? But here's camp? the thing, and this Although is why is ACL. What, what, have they said when he's going to be able to play? I mean, I I haven't seen exactly when he'll play, but right. I mean, you figure he's going to be on ice. I mean, you, look, he's, he's got to be recovering that first this year. Fall. Yeah, I mean, like he's not, basically like to not got even a participate in training. And camp. I don't, I don't I, think, I think it's a lock. He doesn't play yeah. in training camp. And I don't think Washington can pick a player who they're quote unquote redshirting this year. They need. You know, I from their top that. three, yeah. They, yeah. they need guys who find their way into the two deep right. that they take in those with those first three picks. Whether it's tight end, whether it's corner, whether it's uh, offensive line, right. they need guys who can produce because if they go eight, eight and one again, or yeah. seven and ten, or yeah. seven and nine, yeah. you know, as has been the case under Ron Rivera, I don't think he gets a year five. Oh no, I I would say, and I know this is not the topic, but I think he has to. Not only win in year four, I think he needs to win a playoff game. Uh, yeah, I agree. You're right. You said that. I said play playoffs. You said win a game. Yeah, playoffs ain't enough. So getting there and just you know stinking up the joint like we've seen them do for what is it, 15, 17 years now? You could it's been almost, a long time. You could almost depending on when the new owners take over, mm-hmm. and it's looking more and more like it's going to be summer. Right, yeah. training camp ish. Mm-hmm. I could almost make the argument if it's a slow start, he doesn't get the full year. You get a chance to look at the enemy, maybe if you're the new owners and kind of audition it. Yeah, kick the tires. Why not? You know, I have zero problem with that. Yeah, look, because if they start 0 5, to his credit, and I wrote a column about this last year, every year he's had a four game win streak. Right. Mm. So he has the slow start, but then he corrects it. Yeah. But right. it, you can't keep putting yourself no. in the corner. And then expecting your to fight your way out. Eventually, you need to come out fighting and actually get up on somebody. Especially when you've put it out there multiple times at year three, which was last year. Right. Is the most important. He was out. He had his yeah. chest out. Like, I did this in Carolina. We won 12 games in right. year three. Right, well, right, let, right. have I you even much, won 12 games right. in three years in Washington? Right. <laughs> I feel much better uh, with Eric Bieniemy stepping in than I uh, do thinking about Bill Callahan taking yeah. over. So I think that, oh. I think there's a much better mm-hmm. plan B heading into the season than there mm-hmm. was in 2019. Absolutely. So I'm going to go quickly over uh, because and I maybe Ron my, thought that too. Uh, I mean, I don't know that he would pick his own replacement, would he? No, but I don't know. I think if he wanted out, it would need to be timed when. And I have no idea if this is true, but this is just me doing like you know connecting dots. I would imagine as near and dear to his heart as the Chicago Bears are, mm-hmm. if that job ever came available. Mm-hmm. And and I could see how there would be mutual interest yes. because right. Chicago needs to go back to a time where they yeah. had Ditka and all that. And yeah. for Rivera, he's he said it's been some unfinished business mm-hmm. because he was a defensive coordinator when they lost to Peyton Manning's Colts in the Super in the Bowl, Super Bowl yeah. that year. So. Uh, I think he wants to win a Super Bowl with that organization in particular as a coach. And so if that ever came, like if those stars ever aligned, I could see him doing that. If the Bears flame out again, I mean, they they, they qualified for the it first overall happen. pick in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if they That's go out possible. there, if they go out there and they only win four games this year, you know, they could make another change. And then you get draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. If you're uh, Washington. 
You could. Right. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know how high they're going to be for a guy who doesn't have any. True. Who, no. hasn't, uh, who hasn't put up a winning record here. But um, I like that. That's a good theory. I, I yeah. think about that one. Yeah. I mean, I know he like the, the Bears thing, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be interesting. You can't be upset at that if he wanted to do that. If I, as far as I'm concerned, no. I mean, he doesn't know this. You know, no. He doesn't know this. Anything. Yeah, he doesn't know this. As guy. far as I mean, he's he done. Know him anything. You know, he was the right person for this spot three years ago. I think when this all went down. Agreed. I agree. You know, I think uh, he I, is a he's a perfect. And this is going to sound worse than I mean it. I I think he's a perfect stopgap. Bridge. A good almost. a good bridge coach. Exactly. When he took over, this place was in disarray. It was a joke. Some might say shambles. Yes, it was. It was Some terrible. Might say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then he comes in and instant credibility. Mm-hmm. They win the division basically on accident, Kinda, but they yeah. win the division, and he's at least got them competitive, which they were not before he got here. Yeah. But I don't think he can take them to championship heights, especially now that the Eagles have emerged as yeah. this juggernaut. So, in order to go toe to toe with the Eagles. And to a lesser extent, the Cowboys, the Giants seem like they kind of have their stuff together now. Right. I mean, Ron Rivera, that's that's not his weight class. So if there's a way for you to, and again, this is me just throwing stuff out there. If you could pry Mike Tomlin out of Pittsburgh somehow, and that, that will cost you draft picks. But if you can get somebody of that caliber, you know, you have a Eric Bieniemy running the offense. I mean, and the other thing is he. I know we're getting off topic, but yeah. he went. Oh, we make the topic what we that's want. That's true. It's true. It's <laughs> our show. Um, exactly. But also, too, he chose Fitz. Okay, he got hurt yeah. first quarter. He chose Carson Wentz. He's yeah. the one who watched the tape. Yeah, and the goddamn, yeah. you know, yeah. mm, <laughs> the effing. Stood, yeah, you know. stood on the table and right. all this other so stuff. So that's also that's on his ledger. On him, yeah, that's on his ledger. And that's the thing. I think he's a terrific leader. I think he can put together a good program. And and I think he's a good dude. But he has shown zero capacity to properly assess the quarterback position. Yeah, the GM, Ron Rivera, is not. And I wonder what his tenure in Carolina would have been if he didn't have the first overall pick. Who did he take there? Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, yeah. who's been available this whole time? Still, they could have been winning Super Bowls, man. Damn, how about that? We had no idea. <laughs> been going thirteen two and two. <laughs> if only someone on this show would have said that. Oh my goodness! Once or twice. Uh, real quick, I think that they're going to go heavy on linebackers, and I think they're going to go heavy on Alabama. Okay. In this draft, yeah, I got them taking Henry Tio uh, Tio from uh, Alabama uh, in the third round, which would actually be a pretty good value if he's there. Uh, Dorian Williams out of Tulane in the fifth round. I got him taking Isaiah Moore, the linebacker out of NC State, in the sixth round. I think Antonio Gibson, this is his last year also. J.D. McKissick is already gone. Antonio Gibson's in the last year of his rookie contract. Yeah. He is not – I mean, he spent half of his tenure here in the doghouse because of fumbles. And injuries I, last I th- th- years too. I think, uh, I think they take this kid from Dundalk, uh, Ronnie Brown, the running back oh, out yeah. of Shepard. Yeah. That's a guy <laughs> that they brought in for uh, their top 30 visits. He fits that role. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's basically Antonio Gibson. I mean, he's a guy receiver, kick returner. They might start grooming their new third down receiving back there. And another one that should be interesting to Dave Preston, another Terp, Dante Demas in the seventh yeah, that round. That would be bad. That'd be, that, that'd be, that would be that bad? Would, I know. That wouldn't, wouldn't be, bad. be bad. Oh, that would not that, be bad. Okay. That, that'd be, I, 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 I wouldn't mind that. I yeah, mean, I like he, he'd give them uh, They don't have Cam Sims anymore, so, yeah. they do, so he's a big-bodied receiver. 
you know, jump ball yeah. uh, abilities. Uh, he's got a little bit of an injury injury history, so that might cause him to slide enough for Washington to take him there. So we do I we like, like that we like that draft. Hall That's guys. a good I draft. Like wow, good yeah. draft. Print, I didn't even print say playoff tickets, I man. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't even say the second round. In the second round, uh, Steve Avila out of uh, TCU. He's a do anything interior cool. lineman. Uh, versatility, well, wait, so what are you doing at sixteen? At sixteen, are you trading? Or are you taking it? tight end? Uh, I'm Dalton Kincaid. You are Kincaid, okay. Yeah. So we agree on that. Yeah, we do. We agree on something. Yeah, we do. Wow. I, we agree on a lot of stuff. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I think what's 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 important is they address offensive line, corner, and tight end in the first Correct. three rounds. Agree. And whether Correct. they go, uh, you know, lineman, yeah. tight end, corner, or corner, tight, whatever they, whatever order they get them in. They need to bring in one of those guys at each of the spots. I agree with that. In the say, top 100. And I would say it would almost be it would also be good because uh, we mentioned Deontay Banks. That's a guy who you could take in the first round, and then maybe go tight end in the second round. Yeah. Luke Musgrave, with, uh, Luke Oregon Musgrave, State. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can get get a lineman there with the third round pick. So a lot of options available to him. One option that they need to decide pretty soon here is whether they should pick up Chase Young's fifth year option. Uh, that entails a fully guaranteed $17.5 million for 2024. That is a lot of money for a guy who has not really delivered to the extent that you would expect for a guy who was taken second overall. If the choice is yours, George Wallace, who is the beat reporter for this franchise, uh, would you pick up the fifth-year option on Chase Young? Mm-mm. I don't think I would, to be honest. Yeah. I don't. It's still a lot for me to – I haven't seen enough, and I don't think they're going to. I know he says he's going to wait till May 2nd, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to do it. This is one of those instances where when a player misses such significant time as he did, you almost wish that they could push it back a year as a redshirt yeah. year where uh, yeah. you give him you give him a fifth year, you know, that's the same as the fourth and then and then after that you have to choose okay, do we pick up the option on a sixth year because he was awesome as a rookie, fantastic yeah. defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. But then second year before he got hurt, he wasn't necessarily producing numbers. Granted, it's yeah. not all numbers. You, you you have pressures and you do this, and they were game planning for him. But he's been hurt the, you know, the last season and a half, and yeah. you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him moving forward. The smart move, the smart play is to not pick up the option. It might come back and haunt you, but you have to look at – your 53 man roster you got to look at your 2 deep you got to look at okay where is the, what direction is this organization heading in and they've got enough talent on the defensive line where they can avoid picking up the option and i think history is going to show us ron's not going to do it i mean what he did last year with uh pain yeah yeah make him prove it yeah yeah you know, they cost you but you know i don't know but here's I, the thing the difference between the 17.5 million for the fifth year option and the franchise tag is I believe it's about five million, give or take. So it's north of twenty million, right? Yeah, for the uh, franchise for, tag. For the franchise tag, and it's and it's hard to get a, an exact number because you don't know until next year. Yeah, but you're making him prove it, mm-hmm. and you only have to pay him. What is it? Six more, six, five or six million more. Yeah, chump I mean, change in today's I, NFL. Chump change I, if he ends up being the guy that you thought he was when you took him second right. overall. And this is where you've complicated matters: is that you've already paid the two big tackles. You're about to pay Sweat, mm-hmm. and he's going to command a pretty penny because that's an edge rusher. So you commit all that money to those three guys. Would you sink big money into Chase Young, and who now, might be the most expensive of all, all if he ends up balling out? And who's sinking the money right now? 
Right. Who's paying for this right All now? All that right. money tied into your defensive line, which is it, it's an important unit. It, it, it's a it's a unit that you can't ignore. Yeah. But the two most crucial units, in my opinion, offensive line and defensive secondary, because you can mask a subpar defensive line. You can mask a, a receiving core that's not awesome or a tight end core that you know you've got a converted quarterback from Virginia Tech is your main receiving threat at tight end, but you can't disguise a bad offensive line. You can't disguise a subpar secondary. And right now, Washington has sunk a ton of money into its defensive line. And if you double down on that by putting even more money with Chase Young, you're going to have a great defensive line, but at the expense of the rest of your roster. And they have ignored, basically ignored the linebacker position. What position's that? Yeah, right. And for a team that's run by... Rivera was a yeah, linebacker, linebacker when he was a player. Yeah. Del Rio was a linebacker as a player. For two guys who have intimate knowledge of that position, they have borderline ignored it. And I know they spent a first-round pick on um, Jamin, uh, Davis. Jamin Davis, but so far that's a miss. Peter uh, King, is, uh, the latest, he says he's going Brian Branch, the Alabama safety, at 16. Oh, I could see that. That's right. Peter King, jock in my style. That's what he said on there, too, jock and Rob's. That's uh, that's usually uh, what he says. Yeah. To close out, guys, uh, real quick, uh, Wizards make a move at GM. I think it was a surprise to a lot of people, myself included. Um, Tommy Shepard out after 20 years in the organization. I didn't even realize he had been here that long. Yeah. Long time. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know what direction they go in. They obviously said publicly that they're going to go from outside the organization. What do you think about the move, George Wallace, and who should they bring in? I just wonder what happened. Was it the press conference? I haven't been able to find out. Was it the press conference where he said it's disgusting, the amount yeah. of wins and missing the, you know, and then him saying, "Is am I coming back? It's not even a question. Yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting because Ted really doesn't usually do this. <laughs> he doesn't. Right? No. It was only four years. Yeah. Yeah. Usually for four years we complain about how he and, should have made the move by now, right. and then he does it. And he yeah. had to be on – Tommy's not making the Beal decision by himself. You had to do it. Ted had to be behind that. So right. I don't know. I think this is a case where and what do you do the previous with regime – Then what happens? Yeah. You bringing him back? You're going to hire somebody else who doesn't want Wes? And he's already, right. And he's already said, we're bringing, we're bringing Wes yeah. Unsell back. Yeah. What, 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 I mean, what is, what is the general manager here right? for? Right, yeah. I'm going to anyway. give you an interesting name. Uh, Milt Newton spent a decade here under Ernie Grunfeld, and I know that sounds bad, but unlike Tommy Shepard, he actually put together a good team elsewhere. He gives the Wizards a, a good combination of knowledge of the organization mm-hmm. with a fresh outside perspective. So Milt Newton is – I'd go with that. Yeah. 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 Because it's apparently getting... I have to stump for <laughs> all people named Newton. Milt Newton, Cam Newton – Grace Newton, who is Big Newton. actually one of our co Doesn't Grace work with us? Yeah, I think she does. She already works with us. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets a shout-out in the Big podcast Newton's for, for no lunch reason in the newsroom. other than being Cam Newton's cousin. She's really not Cam Newton's cousin. But yeah. um, <laughs> but if you are listening and you are a Newton, yeah. you're yeah. luck. And yeah. if you're a Newton, then you, you, also, get, you also get a shout-out. You have I will, a fan. I, I think it's a necessary move. The, what is kind of odd is that both the Caps and – the Wiz, you know, who are both teams, they're owned by uh, Ted Leonsis and Monumental yeah. Sports. Both of them making major changes this offseason. Right. So it's 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 imperative for not the, not just the Caps where they are right now with an aging OV and that core and a lot of question marks uh, with different players. Uh, we had Ben Raby on a few weeks ago, and he addressed some of those questions. Uh, Kuznetsov, what yeah. happens with him? So you've got you've got a ton of things going on there. And then the Wizards, at least, were on track to 
that bill was going to come due maybe in a year or so. Right. I could have easily thought, okay, they're going to do one more year with Wes Unsell Jr., one more year with Tommy Shepard at the helm, and then next season, if this team wins 35 games again, then you blow it up and you go from there. Yeah. This puts this means that if you're strategically planning for Monumental and both teams, you you've got to be like, all right, we need to make this move right, we need to make that move right as well. Mm. And you know, you hope they can do it. You'd hate to see the fact that they had to make two major moves in the same summer backfire, and they yeah. wind up make instead of making one good move, they make zero good moves. <laughs> so I, I I wouldn't mind Milton Newton. I wouldn't mind seeing a fresh face and voice with the franchise. I think this is a case where the wages of serving with Ernie and having a hand in those decisions maybe expedited his departure. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Shepard. I think it if was, Tommy Shepard had come from out of no, had come from a different organization, he would have gotten maybe another year or two. I don't, but he's still. I think this is a break from that. I don't know that he would have house. gotten the job had he not been in house, though. No, I because, think you're right there too. Yeah, because he was an assistant GM for right. a team that was mediocre right. and got the guy that was ahead of him fired. Yeah. So I, I think they did what was comfortable. If I recall correctly, it took him forever to make the decision. And so they don't have that time. luxury this time. You no. know, you have the draft lottery around the corner. You have the draft itself um, also uh, fairly imminent. So, I I mean, you, you got to make a move in a much shorter timeline than you did last time. And uh, quite frankly, it needs to be a home run. You can't just right. get another uninspired, oh, we're going to promote from within, even though we haven't won anything in 44 years. So I like Milt Newton. I also like Tim Connolly. He started his career in Washington. He could be willing to leave Minnesota. Uh, has close ties to Wes Unsell Jr. So this, I don't want to call right. it a mandate, but the leaning toward keeping Wes Unsell Jr. It might as well bring in somebody who's who's got some cachet who already has an existing relationship with him. They said that Wes was coming back. So unless the new GM comes in and interviews and, and talks with him and says, you know what, this ain't going to work, and here's he's the thing, coming back. I don't have a problem with that. No. I don't think he's the problem here. No. Like, they've had – I mean, this organization has not mattered for the better part of five decades. So, that's you know, that amazing. starts – yes, it starts It starts from the top. So, you know what made me go crazy a couple uh, – maybe it was last year or something along those lines, reading uh, you know, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wanted to leave Milwaukee, yeah. he listed three teams that he would consider going to. Lakers were one because uh, he played at UCLA, was comfortable out there. He was from New York City, so the Knicks were another candidate, and – Washington was the third team listed in the article. And it's like, oh, bullets would have mattered forever and ever if he had gone. And they've, uh, sadly, since uh, Wes Unseld Sr. retired and uh, Elvin Hayes played his last days and that that crew in the late 70s, they've not been relevant. And since then, one of their own favorite sons in their own backyard, Kevin Durant, would Mm. not even get them a sit-down. Wouldn't even sit down with him. That tells you the state of he the would, Wizards organization. He was cool with playing with Kyrie Irving, who's a nut job, yes. before coming here, yes. which kind of stinks. Unbelievable. Uh, guys, this was another fun episode of the DC Sports Subtle, and uh, we appreciate your time signing off for uh, George Wallace, who's off to do another sportscast. Dave Preston. And I am Rob Woodfork. Check out our stuff tomorrow on, uh, or check out our stuff 
as you're listening to this on uh, the sports page at WTOP.com. Some deep dives dives this year and in the history of the team as well uh, concerning this week's draft. That's right. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind, just read it while you listen to this. That'd be cool. Yeah, double up. And we are breaking the huddle.